Join Dr. David Jeremiah live online this Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, streaming from Buffalo, New York, for a night of ministry with musical guests Ernie Haas and Signature Sound and Voices of Lee. Be part of this free live stream Friday at davidjeremiah.org. Are you growing weary from the daily battle of living your faith in a faithless world? What can you do to build spiritual stamina? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers inspiration from God's Word and the lives of others to keep you spiritually strong and fortified for the long run. From his series, A Life Beyond Amazing, here's David to introduce today's encouraging message, A Life of Endurance. You know, um, someone once told me that the worst part of being a Christian is it's so daily. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? It's not monthly or yearly. It's daily. And to every day live in the midst of opposition and resistance and sometimes just pure nastiness to endure. And it's not passive. Endurance in the Bible is hardly ever passive. It's active. It's fortitude. It's determination. I like the word determination best of all. In fact, we recently uh, did a little study on that, and, and I remember singing with the people at Shadow Mountain. We changed the words from, I have decided to follow Jesus, to, I have determined to follow Jesus. You decide to follow him. Maybe that's when you begin your walk. But after you become a Christian, you have to determine to follow him. And there will be many days when you don't feel like doing it, and you will just say, I am determined to follow Jesus. The life of endurance is part of the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about it in just a few moments as we continue our discussion of a life beyond amazing. You know, I just recently read an article that um, talked about the power of radio and how it continues to be the center of media deliverance. We have a lot of social media going on right now, but radio is still very powerful. If, you, if you're a part of the, the radio audience, if you're, you're accessing this information through the radio, give thanks to the Lord for the opportunity and for the blessing of living up near a tower somewhere where you can get this broadcast. Uh, it's not that way everywhere, but it is that way in many places. And today I want to just thank the Lord for the power of radio to share the gospel. It was the beginning of this ministry. Radio was the beginning of it. It's now so far beyond that, I can't even explain it. But um, long live radio. It's a wonderful method of communication. Let's get going on our discussion of a life of endurance. Every day when I am in San Diego, which is most of the days, I get up early and go to a gym to work out with a trainer. You may wonder why I have a trainer. That's so I feel obligated to go. (laughs) And my trainer is a guy named Todd Durkin. He's one of the best trainers in the country, one of the best things that happened to me in recent years. Turned out to be a great friend. Beside the fact that he's an incredible physical fitness expert and a dynamic motivator, Todd Durkin is also a Christ follower. And we often talk about the similarities of physical training and spiritual training. Recently, we were talking about weightlifting and the two approaches that athletes adopt when they're in training. And here's what I learned. Heavy weights lifted fewer times in succession produce greater strength. Lighter weights lifted with more repetitions produce greater endurance. When it comes to life, 
Most of us can lift a heavy weight now and then. We only have to do it once or twice. In other words, major problems that come and then go away quickly, we can deal with that. It can be painful, but they're usually manageable. But for me, for me, it's not the big problems that are the hardest. For me, the problems that are the toughest to overcome are the problems that never seem to get solved. The ones that keep coming back. And I believe that God wants you and me to be strong, men and women of faith. And to achieve that, we have to become men and women of resilience and endurance. If I cannot stand strong under the adversity of unrelenting pressure, I will lose the joy of my journey and be not very valuable as a warrior of the faith. There's a verse in the Bible that never ceases to challenge me. It's Hebrews 10, 36. And I want you to read it with me out loud. It's real short. Are you ready? Here we go. You have need of endurance. You also have need of a little volume. Let's try that again. All right, here we go. You have need of endurance. And now just to make sure you got it, turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, you have need of endurance. All right. For me, endurance is needed because as someone once told me, the Christian life is so daily. It requires a sustained determination. You can't just live the Christian life on and off. You either sign up for it or you don't. And once you sign up for it, it's always gonna be there and you're always gonna be facing the challenges that it presents. A few days before I began working on this message, a young leader who works for us here at Shadow Mountain said to me, you know the most important thing that a leader does is define his reality. So I'm gonna ask you today, what is your reality? What are you battling? Stubborn illness, physical weakness, chronic pain? Is your athletic career plagued by recurring injuries? Is your heart broken over a relationship that ended in disappointment? Maybe you're worried about your marriage, anxious about your children, you're grappling with tension in the workplace or division in your church and you're exhausted and you're working too hard. You've made a mistake that troubles you. You're victimized in a way that's left you traumatized. I remember the first time this really hit me, that verse that Peter gives us over in 1 Peter 4.12 when he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Trials and sufferings and the challenges we face, men and women, are not unique to you. That's an important message for you to take away right out of the first part of this message. You're not the Lone Ranger. You're not Elijah. You're not all by yourself. Everybody has trouble. And that's why God wants to infuse in you and in me this can-do attitude of supernatural endurance and perseverance. We cannot give up in the midst of the stress. Stress we will have, what we do with it's our decision. You have need of endurance. You know, every book in the Bible has its own special message. And I believe God placed Hebrews in the Bible near the end of the New Testament. It's the 58th book in the Bible. That's an encouragement for us to persevere. If you're ever tempted to give up and you need a book to read, get a hold of Hebrews and start reading it because its main purpose is to give us reasons to keep going when we're weary of the road. I don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but 
I have a wonderful clue about its background. Because in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, where we found that verse, the writer identifies his audience. And here's what we learn. He's writing to people in this book who had become Christians years before. And they had withstood an initial wave of opposition and brutal persecution. In the newfound flesh of their faith, they endured and survived the onslaught. They were young and they were excited and like Peter, they said, we'll die if we have to in order to be true to our faith. But they didn't have to die. And in time, the pressure subsided and things settled down for them and they became comfortable, perhaps even a little complacent. And maybe they let down their guard a bit and they got older. And then one day, their situation destabilized and the threat of persecution rose again like a tidal wave hitting right toward them. And things grew more dangerous by the moment. And once again, these Christians faced the prospect of suffering greatly for their faith. But this time, they were less infused with youthful zeal. They feared the future. And some of them were talking about just throwing in the towel, giving up their faith, maybe going back to Judaism or whatever. And the writer of the book of Hebrews alludes to this background. And I want to read this passage to you in Hebrews 10, 32 through 34 from the New International Version of the Bible. This is what it says. Listen to these verses and remember what I just told you. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and at other times you stood by those who were so treated, and you suffered along with them imprisoned and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. The writer of Hebrews says, do you remember those days? Those days a long time ago when you hung in there under pressure and you lived for God? Then comes the verse that I referred to earlier. Then comes the writer of Hebrews telling us what we need to do in light of where we are now. He says in verse 35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. We have need of endurance. We need to remember, all of us, that the Christian life is not a 100-yard dash. It's a marathon run. As we mentioned already, it's so daily. You get up every morning, and there it is, the Christian life, staring you right in the face. What are you going to do with it today? How are you going to respond when you go through the trouble that always accompanies life for us? So here from the 58th book of the Bible, here from the book of Hebrews, are some strategies to help you develop this quality of endurance in your life. And let me just take them one by one, and we'll explore them from this book. First of all, embrace your adversity. You say, Pastor, I have heard you say a lot of things. That's the most counterintuitive thing I've ever heard in my life. Whoever in the world embraces their adversity. But the Bible is very clear that the way God teaches his children endurance is through adversity. I've told you in years past that when I first started here, somebody gave me a little statement that was attributed to Chuck Swindoll and he said, before God can ever greatly use a man, he has to crush him. And I remember distinctly praying that I might be the exception. <laughs> but I don't think there is an exception. God uses adversity in our lives for a purpose. Now, let me prove that to you. Paul makes the point over in Romans chapter 5. 
We also glory in tribulation, he wrote, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, a synonym for endurance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Adversity helps us to learn how to endure. Endurance produces character in us, and people of character become people of hope. This is the biblical secret of spiritual maturity, learning how to deal with difficulty. At 15, American competitive swimmer Katie Ledecky stunned the swimming world by winning the gold medal in the 800-meter freestyle at the London Olympic Games. Four years later, she was the most decorated female athlete of the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. As of this message, she is a five-time Olympic gold medalist and has broken 13 world records. Ledecky's achievements cannot be overstated. I mean, the world is full of champions, so what makes her special? She stands out because of her margin of victory. She competes in a league of her own. Michael Joyner, a researcher for the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, who specializes in human performance and physiology, said she is the greatest athlete in the world today by far. Now let me tell you why she's so great. She's dominated by the widest margin in international sport. She wins every event by one or two percent. It's absolutely remarkable. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, let me help you understand what it means. One or two percent may not sound like much to us, but if Ledecky were running the 10,000-meter race, which is the longest track and field event in the Olympics, and she were winning that race by one or two percent, she would win by an unheard of 100 meters. If she were a cyclist in the Tour de France, she'd win by an inconceivable 30 or 40 minutes instead of a few minutes or even seconds. How has she become such an enduring champion? More importantly to our point, how does she keep this up year after year? Put it simply, she trains for it. Relentlessly, she's determined, disciplined, willing to do the daily grind of practice and work to deliver exceptional performances again and again. Her goal isn't to win and walk away. Her goal is always to improve on her best and to continually break her own world records, and she's done that repeatedly. She receives expert coaching, but she acts on it, and she has a training plan designed to help her win, and she follows it. She embraces adversity as a training tool. She chooses to train against and frequently beat competitive male swimmers. With enough accolades to retire and still be a legend, Ledecky continues to push herself to grow so that she will endure and be strong. Like Katie Ledecky, we too can choose endurance. We can follow the coaching of the Son of Man and the apostles. We can follow a God-given training plan, and we can embrace adversity as an opportunity to grow stronger. We don't always know why God requires so much effort or why hardships arrive unexpectedly at our doorsteps. Only eternity will help us understand the front and back of that issue but based on the message of Hebrews and James and Romans, we know God wants to use our troubles to develop within us the quality of perseverance, endurance, and resilience. And that's the very core of character in the Bible. So often when stuff happens to me that I wasn't expecting, had a few of those things recently, 
I'm tempted, first of all, to ask why. I've told you before, you can ask God why all you want. He's just not obligated to answer. (laughs) But I think our question ought not to be why all the time. Perhaps it ought to be what. Lord God, what do you want to do in my life during this time? What do you want me to learn? How can I embrace my adversity to become a more enduring follower of Christ? Here's the second thing. Surround yourself with champions. Once again, from the book of Hebrews, this time from the 12th chapter, here's a word for us today. The 12th chapter of Hebrews, as you know, begins with the word therefore. And you've probably heard me or others say that whenever you see the word therefore in the scripture, you need to stop and figure out what it's there for, right? And the word therefore always has an arrow attached to it, pointing backwards. The word therefore wouldn't make any sense if there wasn't something in front of it that was going to condition the therefore. So in order to understand the therefore of Hebrews 12, you have to understand the content of Hebrews 11. And most of you already do. You may not remember that it's Hebrews 11, but you know there's a chapter in the Bible where all of the Old Testament saints are listed and they're given accolades for their faith and for their faithfulness to God and for their endurance and their champions. Hebrews 11 is often called the Hall of Fame of the Bible or the Hall of Faith of the Bible. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 Make sure we understand how important that chapter is because here's what it says. Now, let me finish the verse. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I have to tell you, that's a great passage, and it reflects on Hebrews 11, but I've heard that passage explained most all of my life, and I've now come to conclusion I've heard it wrong. Usually what people say is, okay, you guys, you modern Christians, just remember there's all these heroes of faith who lived before you, and you can read about them in Hebrews 11 and other parts of the Bible. They're all up in heaven now, and they're looking over the banisters of heaven, and they're cheering you on. That's what I've heard. But there's something fundamentally wrong with that. First of all, if they're up in heaven looking over the balcony of heaven, watching our sorry efforts down here, heaven's going to lose some of its joy. I can't imagine that, can you? That's not what it means. You see, when it comes to witnesses, there are two kinds. There's seeing witnesses, and there's saying witnesses. A seeing witness is, well, you watched an accident and you saw it. You witnessed the accident. But if you are called upon by the attorney to go to court and give an account of what you saw, now you become a saying witness. Now you're going to say, what you saw. Now you're going to speak. I need you to understand that you will never know the value of Hebrews 11 unless you understand that the witnesses of Hebrews 11 are not seeing witnesses, they're saying witnesses. They're speaking to us out of history about their victories, and we learn about them through studying their lives and following their faith journey and watching how God used them in a mighty way. It's almost like when you're going through something, Call up one of the witnesses. Let them speak to your life. That's why we study the Old Testament. That's why I love the stories of the Bible because these stories are witnesses to us. You can make it. Why do we know that? Because they did, and they're going to tell you about what happened in their life, and as you study their faith journey, you're going to be blessed and encouraged like you wouldn't believe. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to gather around you some champions if you're going to make it. (laughs) 
You've got to have people around you who will encourage you. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't have any champions in my life. What am I supposed to do? Well, let me tell you something pretty interesting. All the champions mentioned in Hebrews had been dead mostly for centuries before Hebrews was even written. Not one of the witnesses of Hebrews was alive when that book was written. But even though they were dead, they were still speaking through their written words and the records of their faith journeys. And so it is for us today. We are motivated and encouraged and challenged by the lives of men and women who've been dead longer than we've been alive, but they still speak to our hearts. Some people like to watch movies. Some like audiobooks. I love to read. And I surround myself with champions by reading the stories of men and women who fought the same battles I'm fighting, and through perseverance and endurance, they won. Doesn't matter how you get your stories, whether it's film or TV or printed books, but fill your world with champions by taking in the stories of people who inspire you. One of the best and most enjoyable things we can do to develop endurance in our lives is to learn how it was achieved in the lives of others. You can read a lot of stuff and some of it's kind of worthless, but read the stories of the champions and see if it doesn't bring energy and determination to your own heart. And the Bible is one of the great sources for these stories. Some people say, well, you should only read the Bible. No, no, no. Even people who don't know God and don't know Jesus can help you with their life. You say, well, they're not Christians. How could they help me? Watch what they do. Do you know we're in the book of Philippians when Paul is giving us the story of how we're to deal with anxiety? He gets all done with the prayer section and he says, and by the way, think on these things. And then he lists all these qualities of things we should think on. Not any of them are necessarily spiritual qualities, things that are good, things that are true. They're kind of general qualities. And I think that gives us some permission to realize that while not everyone in our world is a Christian, most people have something to contribute. And even if they get it, their truth, their truth ultimately came from God because all truth is from God. <laughs> so don't be afraid to read something once in a while that doesn't have scripture on the front of it. I'm not telling you to make that your passion, but there's a lot of good to learn from people who've been down the road you're going down and help you learn how to live life. So embrace your adversity and then surround yourself with champions. Could I just say a word here? There are some people in your life who aren't champions. In fact, they're tearing you down. I want to tell you, you can't afford to have too many of those speaking into your life if you're going to keep going. You need champions to speak into your life. You say, well, I'm supposed to be their friend. Yeah, you can be their friend, but here's the key. If they're tearing you down more than you're lifting them up, you might want to think about not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know, I haven't had a lot of that in my life. I'll be honest with you. Most of the people that I'm around are just really great, wonderful people. But in the past, uh, actually before I ever moved to California, there were a couple of people that got in, into my sort of circle, and I realized that every time I was with them, I would leave discouraged. Some people uh, are able to see everything that's wrong with everything and nothing that's right with anything. And uh, when you get around people like that, you can hardly recover from it. So my counsel at the end of this message is really important. Surround yourself with champions, people who speak into your life, people who, when you're down, never let you stay there very long. 
Those are the kind of folks that help you endure. And we're going to have more about that tomorrow. This is one of my favorite lessons in this series of lessons, a life of endurance. And probably the reason for that is I'm 81 years old, so I guess it has something to do with that. I'm a survivor. Maybe you are too. And we can continue to serve the Lord for many years if we don't quit. Thank him for that. Thank him for the privilege. My dear friends, we're going to be in Buffalo, New York tomorrow night, the Lord willing, at the Key Bank Center with Ernie Haas and the Signature Sound Quartet and the Voices of Lee. We had the Voices of Lee with us um, in our rally that took place in Orlando, Florida, and they are just amazing. And Ernie Haas always brings it. There will be a lot of energy that night, a special effect that we've just added to our events. And uh, I want you to come. It's free, but you have to have a ticket. Go to our website, davidjeremiah.org slash tour. Order your tickets. We'll have them waiting for you when you show up. And we'll have a great night together. Don't miss it. Tomorrow night in Buffalo, New York. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, A Life Beyond Amazing, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Fill your Christmas with meaning and joy by asking for your copy of David's book and new docudrama DVD, Why the Nativity? sure to become a Christmas classic. Each is available for your gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Available in your choice of cover options. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, A Life Beyond Amazing, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. Listen carefully to this Danish proverb. It says, don't sail out further than you can row back. Did you catch the difference? 
Don't sail out further than you can row back. You may have the wind at your back when sailing out, but that same wind will be in your face as you return, and rowing home against the wind is hard. Jesus put it in terms of counting the cost. He warned his disciples about eagerly starting out to follow him without understanding the commitment required. If you're starting something new right now, don't sail out farther than you can row back. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons to count the cost on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.